Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of the Tea Party Podcast. I am Complexion. I'm joined by my very good friend who I'll let him introduce himself. My name is Tim Martell, DJ Tim Martell, although everyone's a DJ because if you have a computer, you're a DJ too. Now, Tim, uh, from your accent, um, I know that you're from South London, obviously, clearly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wales. I'm Welsh. Is that what you both said what it is? <laughs> no, but you're actually from... Uh... I'm from Queens. Queens, New York. Now, what is this thing that I find with all you New Yorkers that wherever you're from somewhere, you guys have this pride that we just don't have over here in the UK. So, like, my friends in Brooklyn, anytime they say Brooklyn, they'll shout out, Brooklyn! I guess it goes back to maybe uh, maybe the early uh, sporting baseball days of, uh, okay. you know, you had the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants, baseball Giants played in Manhattan and the Yankees played in the Bronx. Just to let you know, I'm going to do any kind of thing, you know, any, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Any stereotype we have of New Yorkers, okay. I'm going to bring that up and talk about this in the podcast. No so, I'm just you know, so, you know, no like, as far as I'm aware, you guys all, you know, use yellow cabs, eat pizza. Yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And we also... I, I kind of ranted on this on Twitter the other day. In America, not just New York, in America in general, we board planes in a much orderly fashion than anyone in Europe. Really? What you guys do is absolutely ludicrous. And I just want to let you know, if you all get online, I'm still cutting the line. I'm sorry, queue. I'm cutting the queue. Oh, so you, you don't like the queuing thing? It's so stupid. I but watch that's someone... what people do, man. We line up and we get on in an orderly fashion. For 45 minutes and then you wait for someone who has to sit in 3D and wait like and hold up this entire line. If you, or if you board... The back first, and then into the front. No one ever has to wait. So, what do you Americans? Is this kind of like who has first it's groups? Oh, it's groups. groups. Yeah, okay, well, okay. Yeah, you got first class, business class. Yeah, okay, then they kind of. And okay. then it goes from the back to the front of the we plane. Do, as English people, we love queuing. That's what you got to understand. Yeah, yeah. Now, the reason this is a special podcast is because a Amir Music doesn't actually know we're doing this, right? Um, which is going to be funny when he finds out. Amir is cool though because he's a New York football Giants fan. There as you mine. go. And now, um, Tim, should we say how I met you? Should we talk about that? Yeah, man. Um, you can. We can. Because uh... no one actually, these guys probably don't even know who you are. Not in a right. bad way, but they'd right. be like, "Well, who's this?" It's Tim okay. Guy? I mean, who's Tim Martell? <laughs> A DJ, so what it was a laptop. (laughs) So, what it was with Tim, um, a few years back when before I did the future beat stuff, I kind of wanted to focus again on my hip hop DJing. And I went on Twitter and I just searched for hip hop DJs, and your name came up randomly. I can't remember why it came up, but I think you had mentioned something about hip hop. I think I put like DJ hip hop and something else in. And which, which is I need to do more often, obviously, <laughs> if I come up, if I came up. And then um, I remember you had a real dope logo at the time, which was like the Mattel toy sign, right. which is like a red um, kind of weird kind of shape. Like, yeah, it's come, like what, a, what's the shape? I mean, I guess it's a circle with points on it. Yeah, like a circle of points on it. I don't, I don't know the shape either. <laughs> and then because obviously your name is Martell, right. you just put Tim Martell in there. Actually, my, last, my real last name is Martello, and I uh, cut it down to Martell because... Uh, my grandfather was a horse trainer. He did the same thing as a stage name, so out of respect to him, I do oh, that. Oh, that's dope. And I think we talked about that before. I think we did yeah. last time we were here. Yeah, yeah. that's actually But then Martel, yeah, goes yeah. back to your point with Mattel. Yeah, so I thought that was awesome. So let me check this card. So I hit follow, and then we didn't speak for ages. Obviously, because you were like, who is this complexion guy? You even care, did you? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I guess. <laughs> and then I was in New York on a little holiday. Yeah. And I think you tweeted that you were playing at H&M on... Yeah, I was doing an in-store at their, at their flagship on Fifth Avenue. Right. So that's it. I'm going to talk about this whole street thing, because I didn't get this whole street thing. Like, Because when I was in New York, I was like, yeah, it's only 10 blocks. And like, we can walk this. Right. I walked for a long time. Because <laughs> I didn't get it. Um. So then, yeah, so you tweeted you were playing at H&M. And I was like, you know what? I'm in New York. Let me go say hi to Tim because right. I went far at the time. So I came in, we met, and I was like, "Yo, I'm complexion." You were like, "Oh, cool," and you were actually nice, and you you were like, "Well, let me talk to this guy." So we had like a five minute. Well, you knew what you were talking about, so I knew that you weren't like just some random. You know? Yeah, that, yeah, like, that's what it was. And I think we had a really quick five minute conversation yeah. where I kind of asked, "Yo, where can I get some good kicks from?" Yes. You put out your phone, and you're like, "Yo, go here, go here." I'm like, "Cool, nice to meet you, and uh, we'll catch up again soon." Sweet. And uh, and I think that was it, wasn't it? Then we kept in touch over email. Yeah. I think you know we got on the you know, the book of face. Yeah, oh yeah. Then we spoke a little bit, and then um, I didn't. We didn't lose contact, but I think we were just doing our own thing. Yeah. And then I started doing the future beat stuff. Yeah. And I think you didn't check that. I was like, yo, this is cool. Send me some beats. I sent you some stuff over. You actually, I did a mix for you. I think 
pre before you started Future Beats. Oh my God, you did. That's it. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Right, okay. So before I did the Future Beats show, I had a show called The Midweek Meltdown. Yeah. Well, which it was, was Midnight all, Marauders, wasn't it? That's what it was. So the show was called The Midweek yes. Meltdown and I um, had a mix section on the show called The Midnight Marauder. Right. Now, I, not only did I steal that from a tribe called Quest, right. I also stole that from a UK DJ called Trevor Nelson. He used to have an R&B show on Radio 1 and at midnight, you'd have a Midnight Marauder DJ on there. So I just blatantly stole it. It sounded cool. Um, and I basically got DJs from all around the country and around the world to send in a mix and it was very um, hip hop R&B house related and I remember you did an awesome one because at the time you were kind of playing the sound as big in New York which is kind of like the MGMA are they is that what they're called what, what, what's that kind of I actually have no clue I, I... you know what track I mean though don't you those oh, guys. Yeah, M MGMT. MGMT. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you had that on there. You were playing that kind of vibe, which was which I figured was big in New York at the time. Yeah. I remember your mix stood out because it was very different to everyone else because everyone at the time was just sending me stuff which is exactly the same. Although they were good in their own way, it was just the same old trap, 70 BPM kind of strip right. club music. Right, right, right. And then when you when I played your mix, I remember the the manager of the station came in like, yo, this is sick. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, after that, you uh, came over to the UK yeah. to do some work. Yeah. So you're coming to my country, stealing my work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we disconnected and you came on the show and we ended up sp like talking for like eight hours, I think. Was it? Yeah, we, we, we sat in the studios watching DMC uh, DJ videos for like yeah. eight hours, not learning how to DJ. We were looking at other DJs. <laughs> and then I think we... Um, Went back to McDonald's near the yes. airport and yep. we sat in McDonald's like four hours and we just spoke there for a while. And, then and you were home. falling asleep, I remember, because yeah. <laughs> uh, you had a bit of time to come to your flight and you went yeah. home and obviously we kept in contact. So that's how me and uh, Tim first met. That's the, that's the long way of describing it. And I can't believe I've explained it all when you haven't said anything yet. But the power of social media has created a long-lasting friendship. No, it has. But this this is what's crazy, because we spoke about this briefly now, because we've just recorded this after I've done show 86 of Future Beats Radio. And um, me and Tim were talking off air, and I was saying to him how crazy it is that if it wasn't for social media, we wouldn't be sitting here talking. Right. But what's weird is you're from New York, although right. we're a similar kind of age. You're from Queens, I'm from London. Mm. But yet there's so many things we're very similar on. You know, like right. whether it's DJing or it's music or even things like what we're into. It's the mentality of yeah. of uh, London is by far the closest uh, city in all of Europe to New York. Yeah, I think so. I mean, nothing is, I guess, going to really going to be exactly like New York. Nothing's going to be no. exactly like London, no, but, I, but I, they have a lot of similarities. New York, I think I can understand what people say. It's a great city on earth. I mean, it's New York, man. You know, and although, again, like we were speaking off air, it's not like how it used to be. It's or, changed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I love London. Like, you know, I think London's an amazing city. I love everything about whether it's the architecture or the people or just everything. You know, it's London. But New York will always be a special place to me. And I think it's because like I said to you earlier, I've grown up on things like Double XL, The Source magazine, hip hop for crying out loud. You know, like I used to wear Kolkani jeans and, you know, like Fubu stuff. Cause that's, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was kind of into. So New York to me is always going to be a special place, you know, and that's how I see it. Um, now, forget all the background information, Tim. Why am I talking to you on a podcast? Like, what are we going to talk about here? Like, what do you want to talk about? I, I guess we're going to talk about really how uh, it's not just about um, it's not always about maybe about DJing and it's not just about music, but I mean, I do this full time. Yeah. So I yeah, do, let's just talk about that real quick because yeah. a lot of people don't might not know what you do. So you you are a DJ, obviously. right? I've been DJing for tw almost twenty two years. Okay, damn, that's, that's from, you've got a good seven years on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I uh, I didn't go to school for a DJ, and I actually my mom wanted me to not get a motorcycle. I had some <laughs> some money saved up, but she had a coworkers whose son was a DJ, and he introduced me to it, fell in love with it right away, um, started training with him, doing, like, um, like sweet 16s and, like, corporate corporate events, just helping out, and I was like, oh, wow, I can make a couple hundred dollars, like, helping out. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then um, I went away to college, and I was really, really, really into hard house techno wow in you went that way. <laughs> yeah yeah i i listen i collect all types of music but what i first started really djing was hard house techno which was massive massive in the states especially in new york city mm -hmm. and i was promoting for a club when i went to college i was like all right i can make a couple couple of dollars here and yeah, there of course why not i had really no intention of of djing at these clubs yeah um, 
And about after about a six months to a year of working with the promoter, promoter found out that I DJ'd. And he was like, why don't you ever tell me? I was like, oh, you know, I just wasn't that type of person. Yeah. Gave him a demo, and then he listened to it, and then he was like, yo, you're on next week. Oh, so, wow, okay, immediately. Yeah. Right. And so, were you confident to kind of to do? Yes and no. Like, I actually, um, after about two, three songs, I got the nerves out. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty easy. And then after about, like, two two parties, three parties at, at some smaller venues, actually got... My first, first real, real big gig at a legendary club in New York City called The Tunnel. Don't get me started with The Tunnel, man. Like yeah. that, you know, to me, when I was younger, that was like the holy grail. Like I used to pay, um, get this, 15 pounds, which is like, at that time, it was about $30 for DJ Clue or Funk Flex Live at The Tunnel CDs. Right. Um, to get the imported because yeah, this Flex, is just just before the internet. Flex did the hip hop. They yeah. had a hip hop party on Sundays, and yeah. then the Friday and Saturday was, was house and and techno. So if you're not familiar with the tunnel, it was one of the baddest clubs in New York, right? Like, as in like good bad, like um, oh, <laughs> yeah, owned by Peter Gation. I don't know who that is. And he was a notorious owner. Oh, uh, okay, right, right. Um, and it was basically where Puffy would go. Um, this is that bad boy we're killing it like they would go there and I heard Biggie would be on stage if you guys want to see what the tunnel looked like you will can watch DMX um, Get At Me Dog video okay that was filmed in the tunnel is, okay right right yeah so, so that's what it looked like it was basically just a a gigantic zoom some people say football like, field yeah. like a warehouse that was completely dark with just some stanchions in it and it would take you you know, about a, a good 30, 45 minutes to walk from one oh, wow. so because it was, it was that huge. packed. Wow. Was oh, that packed. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, like the tunnel for me was always that kind of club that I wish I could have gone to because in London at the time, I was a teenager, but there was nowhere really to go that played that kind of music, you know, because that was a like, pure hip hop for me. Like that right. was, you know, like, you know, I like I used to listen to um, Tim Westwood and he'd say like he was in New York and Puffy came through, DMX came through, the locks were there, um, you know, all these kind of guys and, there was there's never been a club like that here. So for me, that was always legendary, you know. Well, we ended up doing a party there that we, we had like around, I guess like 600 people come and stayed until like 6, 7 in the morning. Mind you, at this wow. point, at this time, clubs, you know, this club would stay open until like midday yeah. the next day. And the owner, Peter Gation, absolutely loved us. And at the time, he had another club called Limelight. Okay which is also very famously known. And Limelight had, had some issues and had to shut down for a bit, but we caught him just as the time that he was about to open up. He liked the party that we had at the tunnel so much that he offered us a night when he reopened Limelight. And after one or two parties at Limelight, I became resident there on, I think it was like started on Wednesday nights, then okay. I went and moved to Thursday nights. And I was just working there you know, getting a couple hundred bucks every every uh, every week for yeah. for DJing and opening up for a couple of my idols in like the house yeah. and techno world. Right. Okay. And that went on for a couple years, yeah. and that's pretty much how I I ended up getting like confidence right away because I was playing main floors of these venues that yeah. were absolutely massive, massive, massive. Now, one thing we talk about on the podcast quite a lot is um, how to overcome kind of adversities in this music industry yeah. because we go through a lot of shit we all do oh we can cuss on this podcast by the way that, you know, sorry <laughs> fuck <laughs> um, and um, we, we try to give advice to people that are up and coming or you know just sometimes because they don't I find like we never had anyone to turn to when we were younger yep. so I want to make sure my experience can help someone else so when you were doing um, when you were kind of doing this with the Wednesday night movie to the Thursday were you comfortable in your routine or did you always want more were you always thinking yo I want to be bigger than the next guy or kind of I think at that point I was still learning the ropes and I've always you know because I was opening for bigger acts than me mm -hmm. I never wanted to outshine them I, pro I probably I was at a stage where I knew that I wasn't skilled enough to outshine them mm -hmm. So that actually really, really taught me how to keep in my lane as an opener. Right. So this is something I actually want to speak about um, because a lot of open DJs, opening DJs now, uh, play the warm-up set. They go ham right. immediately. Right. Um, so when I used to play for a company called Scintillate in London, they're one of the biggest party promoters in the West End of London. Um, 
I they were always going through DJs because their main DJs um, they would always say like the warm up DJ plays everything because the warm up DJ would come along with a mentality that yo this is my time to shine I'm gonna play everything and they the, the main DJ would be like dude you just played everything I was gonna play because this is the vinyl days so you couldn't just go to a different crate like you can on Sorrow right um, so what I would do is I'd go and play stuff that was like five or six years old that people still liked but people hadn't heard in a while but then the problem for me was all the main DJs would be like yo I want complexion to warm up for me so for like three years I was just like the go-to guy for the warm-up and I never got to do anything else I, I think in my in my respect it was a lot a lot easier because you know when, when you're talking about hip-hop music a lot of the popular tracks that wherever they're being played, you know, online or, or radio, mm-hmm. um, I guess the crowds that come to those types of parties expect to hear those tracks. Right. Where in the house scene, you're really not generally expecting the typical DJ to be playing that one track that has to be played. Right. It's more open-minded to what the DJ wants to select. So there was no way that I would have been able to, or could have been able to play all of the tracks that the, the next yeah. DJ was going to be open, the, okay. uh, the next DJ that was going to be playing. Yeah. There was no way that I would have been able to outshine him because I, one, I probably didn't have any access to those tracks of because course. a lot of those guys were, you know, making, printing their own records or, you know, CDs had just come out. Yeah, so this is like just kind of pre Kind of almost like this deck that I'm looking at yeah, in this so we've studio. Got like, we've got like a really old school uh, deck in Studio 2 in the West Side Studio. And um, yeah, Tim looked at it was like, yo, dude, this is great. <laughs> um, so yeah, so after you were doing the warm-ups there and moving from day to day, like what else did you move into after well, that? So it ended up being where right, right after that is when New York City really started to get shitty. And that was because the reason why I brought up Peter Gation is because he was like the biggest club owner, and it was the Tunnel and Limelight were notorious for having drugs. Oh yeah, of course. There. Yeah. And our mayor at the time, uh, Mayor Giuliani, decided that he was going to go after the club industry, and why not go swinging after the head honcho, that yeah. being Peter Gation. So what happened in New York City? And this is probably you can probably be able to. Everyone should be able to know this. Okay. Picture this. You have these clubs that have 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 capacity. There was no bottle service. There was guest list. There were some comps, and there was general admission. General admission was like $20. $20 times 5,000 people, all right, clubs are able to make some money. All of the clubs, Giuliani goes after these big spots, shuts them down, and some of them were completely shut down. So now all of these club owners look for new venues. They can't find the spaces. What they can find the space is of smaller hidden venues, right, right, right. which maybe only have about 300, 400 person capacity. Well, how do we make that same money then? Yeah. Well, now we have to start charging those individuals yeah. three, four hundred dollars for tables and for tables, etc. So yeah. that's kind of how like bottle service ended up you know, coming of, coming of age. And I had to change my music style. Of course. Because a lot of that house and techno, which would fly in these big, amazing systems, was not going to fly in these smaller, restaurant-esque types of venues. Of course, yeah. That's how I started. I needed to start to learn play more hip-hop, rock, 80s. See, that's crazy. I always, all that stuff. I always had the impression you were like a hip-hop guy from day dot. I collected hip-hop ah, okay. and was able to listen to hip-hop. Um, you know, people were going through the Biggie, Tupac war. Yeah. I was a Nas guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I've always been a Biggie guy. Like, Nas is like a close second to me. Yeah. But... Um, I represent Queens. No, no, you have to, but this is not I mean, it's the New York thing. We don't, we don't like that in London. You know, we're kind of like, yeah, all right, mate, whatever. You know, um, but that. So then you started playing the smaller bars, right. and then you had to adjust your style. And I guess this is like something I wanted to say, which is your developing as you're going on you're not sitting there being like yo i play house and techno right i don't care right you know that got this kind of got me into a whole new world yeah and then i actually got to see as like wow it wasn't like you know the scene that i was in was 20 dollars admission do do whatever drugs you want <laughs> yeah. and blah 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 then when it was the 300 400 types of places you really got to see the money that was in that was around around the room yeah 
I did not go to school for any of this stuff, and I was going to school. So I actually went to school as I was a double major in finance and economics, and I worked on Wall Street for about six, seven years. Oh, damn, okay. And for a long time, I was waking up on Mondays at 6 a.m., getting home at 9.30 at night, doing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Thursday, I'd go in at 6 a.m., get out. At like six, seven, go home, shower, get a little quick bite to eat. Then DJ Thursday night, wake up Friday after an hour's sleep, go to work. Oh, wow. Come back, sleep, go to the club, DJ Friday, Saturday night, sleep all day Sunday. Yeah. And, and I and did I did that for about six years. Wow. And now what kept you going with that? Because obviously I know Wall Street, I can imagine financially you must have been doing okay it in was, that respect. I, w- I mean, I was doing okay, but the the amount of time i didn't have a life yeah the, and i loved yeah. music that much that i was djing i didn't actually think i was going to make it a full it was a it was more of a hobby then i got the opportunity to really start to do some gigs that could make it full time um in 2004 i did the okay. uh n1 mixtape tour which was very popular oh yeah of course uh, yeah and one the street pool yep. clothing yeah, yeah yeah so i got to tour the u.s on that and then in 2006 it just came to a point where i was not happy with with um the way that the stock markets were going it's, okay. kind, of, it's kind of like legal drug dealing for anyone who's listening to this who's in the business that's just my you know, my feelings on it, um, and I just wanted to do something that I that I enjoyed, and you know, music um, was that kind of thing, and music is that type of thing. So I, I was able to actually go full time as a DJ, and do a couple other things, uh, which we might end up talking about, yeah. and and I just made the move, and I gotta tell you, there is, not, and it's almost like right now, there is no other joy in this world. Then Sunday night, midnight, you turn on the telly and your favorite movie's on there, and you can watch that. You don't have to turn it off to go to, to go to work in the morning. You can stay up the whole night. I mean, this is the thing that I've kind of battled with a few times myself, and I spoke about this with Amir on a previous podcast, where I've kind of thought to myself, um, I mean, I've DJed for like 12, 13, 14 years, and I've kind of, I mean, in a similar kind of way to what we were doing, like I started off doing small the small clubs, more like student events. And I used to get paid uh, £10 for an hour, uh, 12 to 1, which I had to split my MC. Oof. So I'd get five, we get £5 each <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Um, and I've that's all I've done for like the last 12, 13 years. And I've uh, just been DJing, pushing it. And uh, we discussed this when I picked you up earlier today, that how I'm kind of thinking of taking a break from the music thing and doing something. And I'm saying this in quotations, normal. Um, because I've never done that. I've never have, you know, like you were on Wall Street. I've never had the normal job to compare it to. I've been very lucky and very blessed that I've been able to DJ and make uh, money for the last uh, however many years. However, now, I find myself talking to a lot of young producers and DJs and they're saying to me, like, I love, I want, all I want to do is music, but it's not paying me enough. So for you, it was like you were, you had the the benefit of kind of thinking, you know, I'm making money doing my day job and I love DJing, but now right. I'm thinking I'm going to give up my job. So for someone who wants to kind of focus on their music or creativity, whether, whether it's an artist or an author, what do you recommend? Like, what advice would you give? Because you've made the choice of thinking, you know, forget my job. I'm tired of it. I'm done. Would you say to someone, yo, pick up something part-time, focus on your craft, or maybe do something normal, stack some paper, and then come back and do it? Like, it's. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily just, you know, go stack some paper and come back to it. But and I know for some people, you know, it, it, it's hard because, you know, you need to put food on the table. Of course, yeah. But, like, I have that mentality, and this is where I'm very happy that where I grew up in New York, I... You know, it's not that I grew up on the streets, but I didn't come from, you know, a rich family or anything like that. And my parents had to work See, for every yeah. every dollar that that they that they made. And I, that has always been driven into me. So it's mm-hmm. like I am always, always, always on my hustle. Yeah. And th- this is, uh, again, what I said was similar in the sense that, I mean, like I lost my dad when I was 16. So I had to kind of go and. Right. Um, you know, I was doing school and working right. to pay for things and studying. So right. it's that I was never on the streets. Like I was never, I had friends that did that stuff, right. but it was never for me. So like yourself, it was always like, you got to have that. And that sounds cliche, but it's true. you got to have the hustlers mentality where you're like, right, what can I do now that's going to make me money? Because I see a future doing this. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of it too is like, it's the going to school for a business gave me that business mentality. So, and 
it, it really is like I did get two educations where I grew up, where I was able to go to school for business, and then I was able to learn the New York street mentality of, of the hustle, yep. and now I've kind of combined those things. So it's not just about DJing, but you have to make sure that on the nights that you're not DJing, and I'm guilty of, of <laughs> not doing this sometimes too because it's hard, um, but going out, checking out your friends, um, and going to the venues that you might want to play at because yeah. the bat phone is not going to ring and be like, hey, you know, DJ so-and-so, tonight's your night to come play at the club. You know, it's your, you know, you won the lotto to come play. What would you say to, um, I know this isn't really our scene, but I know you produce as well, don't you? Like yep. you do some stuff. So what would you say to like maybe a producer where that, that kind of same thing doesn't really apply, but it's like, what do you recommend going, going to beat battles? I, or? I kind of disagree right now okay. because it seems that if you're a producer, you are in more of an advantageous spot because all the people who are getting booked for DJ gigs are producers now. Right, yeah, no, that's true. Um, well, we're working with an artist on the label, mm -hmm. a guy called Whisper, who was, we, when we met him, he was telling me he was getting bookings in like Sweden and Germany and places because I don't know how to DJ. So uh, Yaz has actually taught him how to DJ and he did his first gig with us at our last event. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's going to be getting, that's another avenue for him. But then I always find that, Producer DJs are cool because people come to see them. So a producer right. DJ can go and play wherever he wants because people are there for them. But people like ourselves, me and you, we are most of the time booked to cater for the audience. So our thing is a bit different, isn't it? Where right. We've got to do that. But I mean, for a producer, and for example, say, you know, there was some producing, you know, for a DJ, we'd say go to a club, go network, go show up at events. But if it was a producer or an artist or an author or even like a chef, what would you kind of say to people like that? Like when they're not... Um, doing their craft, would you recommend them going to like, say a chef would go to a restaurant or go to food markets or maybe set up like that? So basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, they still need to be in the building. I know, I know it's a bit I of mean, a stretch of an example, but you know what I'm trying to say. Though. I think it's I think it's important to know the, the network that you want to be in. So wherever those people are hanging out, those are the places that you need to, like you need to know your competition as well. Like, of course. If, if some, if you or a restaurant owner and there was another restaurant that opened on your block and all of a sudden they got all of the attention uh, into that other restaurant I would go into that restaurant why are they getting and it? why are they getting it yeah 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 so yeah. you need you need to kind of like well why why is this stuff happening and kind of and niche your own your own way you know to that answer and and everyone is going to be a little bit different of and course. and that's that's also important too I'm not trying to sound like anyone else and I try to do my business and even my DJing and and whatever production it may be a little bit different than everyone else because that's what's going to stand out to to the ears that listen to you your sound isn't it that's what yeah. it's going to give yeah of course um you're everyone's going to have their their own type of style and and sound so yeah like, of course I mean that that has to stay you know prevalent no matter what you do but I mean it, it's more about going out and networking talking not expecting stuff right away is because, also yeah. a big a big thing. i've i've done that before like um a few years back i was uh playing at a kind of restaurant bar that actually owned a club as well so i'd play at the bar from like seven till 12 and then play at the club from 12 till four i was making a, a very nice amount of money and it was dope um and they shut down and I lost, I was like really panicking, like, yo, this is my main source of income. So immediately I made a bunch of mixtapes and just sent them out to promoters. And then I sat back like, yo, I've made it now. I'm good. Someone's going to hit me up. No one hit me up. No one did. Because right. you can't just do one thing half-assed and expect things to happen for that, you. And what I was leading into the next thing yeah. was like, anything that I do, you have to do it with full. Both your arms, your full ass, basically. Right. Or <laughs> I mean, and if it's not full, then at least don't don't half-ass it. Like, yeah, th that's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, but m more importantly, what I was going to say was, before you carry on, was when you network with other people, they might help you out. I mean, like for you, for example, like you've got me a gig in the UK which you've done in the US before. There's um, right. there's, a, there's a lady you've worked with before. Right. And obviously she's doing an event in the UK. So you said, yo, hit up my boy. He can right. DJ for you. And that's just because we've just networked. You know, like you didn't have to do that. But sometimes that's what happens when you network. Although, you know, you look at people's competition, they might be looking for someone to do something. You know, maybe it might be a warm-up set or a closing set or something. I'm a big believer in karma and the pay it forward. Oh, uh, dude, completely. I mean, that type of stuff will, will come back to you. And, you know, like... What you just mentioned too is like how you ended up losing a gig, 
and then you, you, you sent out a couple and you didn't get uh, you yeah. sent out a couple demos you didn't get anything back I've actually been blessed enough like where I've had that even Steven type of deal where anytime I lost something like the next day I magically would get a call from a okay. total new person yeah, and a yeah. new venture would start up and it's always been like that yeah I, on and then I'm able to grow on on those type of but see this is the thing so when I things. when I lost that venue um that made me do the mixtapes which made me then want to start doing the radio show the midweek meltdown and then that led into future beats which is now obviously doing touch wood doing amazing and i'm happy to say that it is where it is but that's all because of that one venue like i could have sat down and been like okay i give up i'm i can't you know operate anymore like this is my main source of income gone but that led on to bigger things don't get in the comfort zone that's what it is i mean stay hungry yeah it's it's that it's very cheesy and cliche but it's so true because if you're in a comp nothing grows in the comfort zone is a saying that i've heard because you're just going to keep doing your thing regularly and you know and just carry on i mean stuff can change on a on a drop of a dime oh yeah and i've seen a lot of a lot recently a lot of very very skilled djs uh fall ill um from some some pretty bad sicknesses and i mean that could happen to me that can happen to any of us i I mean i hope it it doesn't you know knock on wood but if you don't have that stay hungry mentality that's when you will get eaten up so and i know a lot of djs that you know they stay in their comfort zone and it's it's one of those things where sometimes if you get asked to do two three gigs in a day and you say no to those two because you already got one that's how that stuff is going to bite you in the ass yeah, yeah anytime i've gotten to ask to do like three sometimes four gigs You're in like, one I'll day do i'll do all four <laughs> and and or sometimes if it's going to be at the same time, I'll get one of my boys to do, you know, to do help out. Yeah. And, yeah. and those kids. But I want to do as much as as possible, you know, to make it worth my time, because I know that those can be those days when you're not going to have anything. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah. And that's kind of what I've been uh, on the previous podcast. Me and Amir have spoken about this, where I've kind of been a bit confused about going forward, because as much as I'm enjoying everything I'm doing, it's always kind of like what's next. And um, I've. I get very anxious. I mean, again, I hate doing this thing, but uh, a lot of people said I'm like a typical Virgo kind of thing. That like we overcomplicate things, we worry things. I mean, I don't believe in that, but it. Do- I'm not gonna lie, the shoe fits, you know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, in a way, what I've said with these podcasts is a kind of it's also a way for me to kind of exercise my demons as well, like all things that I'm have worries about, you know. But, but where's our green tea? Oh, I didn't bring any with me. That's the thing. I know. Come so, on, man. So, but this, but this, no, this is what this is what I was going to speak to. What podcast is? <laughs> God damn it! No, but the one thing I was going to mention was though about this podcast, right? So we spoke off air, and we've had I've had an idea that with this whole tea party thing, I wanted to create a network um, where I can showcase my other very super talented friends. You being one of them, so I wanted to get you involved doing this podcast with some of the New York guys. Yeah, and we could do something. I like call it the coffee break thing or something. Yeah, I, know, I know you guys don't like green tea over I there. I love my iced coffee, which. I, it, when I ask for iced coffee here yeah. in London... It's not the same, is it? It's like, well, no, it's not the same. It's like the people who are behind the counter look at me like I have seven heads, like they've never <laughs> been asked for ice before. Hey, I've had life. iced coffee loads of times. You go get McDonald's and get one now. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but there's something that is not right. It's but maybe like, I'm used to But th- Again, this is what I said about the bagels, man. I don't like your New York bagels. Yeah, you're, you're just crazy. <laughs> no, I mean... Because in New York, we have, we have better bagels... Pizza and coffee. Pizza and you, delis. To, That's it. That, oh, those are things that you guys. Okay, you, you know what hurt me about the de- deli, right? When I went to a deli in New York, I found a twelve chocolate bar, which is what we have here, for like seven dollars, and I was like, they're like thirty five p here, man. That's like, and uh, you might have been in Manhattan. Yeah, I was. I was in Manhattan. Yeah, That's you what gotta be in Queens. <laughs> that one. That, that, that one but you know what? Because um, you've seen Tesco's, right? The supermarkets yeah, we got here, yeah. right? So Tesco's recently have started having like a world food section. And they have like Captain Crunch and Reese's Pieces and everything. Guess how much tw- a pack of 10 Twinkies is? I, I'm curious because I saw Twinkies when I was in the UK here. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was in London last week yeah. on Thursday. And it was it was ridiculous, dude. Twelve pound, yeah. for a pack of fifteen yeah. or fourteen. Have it yeah. is Twinkies. I mean, a package of Twinkies in the pound. states is like is like two dollars, dude. That's like that's like twenty five bucks, right? Well, 
I mean, it, it just, we can't get into this food conversation. Why didn't you bring me over any Twinkies? This, this is morning the I was in Switzerland and almost paid $17 for a Burger King Whopper. 17 euro. Sorry. <gasps> 17 euro. But hang on, didn't we say that? Like, That's you, how much it is. When you come here next time, you're supposed to bring me a slice of pizza. Yeah, I didn't come directly. Oh, you didn't come directly to London. I okay, I forgive you for I was that. in Iceland before, so I didn't think you wanted any any. Sheep. I can't believe we just randomly jumped onto a conversation about food. Um, but no, personally, right? Your bagels are cool, but everywhere I went in New York, it was just a cream cheese bagel. Here in East London, there's a place I got to take you where they do your salt beef and mustard bagel. And dude, it's... Oh, don't make that face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the mustard, man. Dude, trust me, it's dope. Man. Well, next time you come over, we, we definitely got to do a food, food tour because when I come to New York next, yeah. which I'm hoping is soon, um, you've got to take me around near where you live because yeah. you've told me there's some dope pizzerias there. Yeah. Like some really good ones. Yeah, and like, and that's the one thing I love about Mint. New York. <laughs> that's one thing I said about New York, right? Is as much as like New York is a fascinating place for me, I know for food it's like the dose but I know there's a lot of halal joints and which are like like yeah. awesome. Yeah, I actually was able to to get a fantastic uh a fantastic kebab sandwich in in, in France last this really? week. This week I was amazed. I couldn't believe oh, it. Oh dude, we, I'll go take you some. But places, we do yeah. we, we have some good halal spots. Oh yeah, we definitely. Good like, halal spots. We have the pizza. Yeah. You know, but we call we call halal like a lot of halal we call we call it street meat. And why is that? Because it's like, you know, it's just like very little stands. Yeah, it's just like guys with like a little cart, isn't it? Yeah, with a little cart right on the street. Right. Open 24 hours. So when I was in Manhattan, when I was last there, there was, um, I can't remember what blog I went to, but they were saying about the, the food carts to go to. And I went to one of them, and I come. It was like seven for nine. But I don't know what you guys, how you guys say all this stuff. I don't know, man. Um, Twenty seven for thirteen for whatever. And um, <laughs> there was a guy who had a queue. Sorry, a, a line. No. <laughs> was it the halal guys? Yeah, it was six, one of, the halal, six, it was seven, one of them. But he had a, a line of people round the block. Yeah, and I was like, this. Is I like hate the- that place. Oh, is it not good? Yeah. I was talking about this the other night with someone. I just, don't, I just don't like. I, I just don't like their meats a little too small. Oh, we're talking about meat and, and food here on uh, we were supposed to be talking about but this is what we do though. It's like, like I this said, is where the, the, the clicks go off this, the thing is is like with this podcast like I've said it's just to kind of introduce um, to introduce my cool friends to other people and just talk about things that we like to talk about you know like it, the whole under, underlying thing with this is I want to motivate people give them some right. kind of direction but dude tell me one person who doesn't like food right true you know. Moral of the story, Tim Martell likes Nas and iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so going back to what you were saying before, right? Um, uh, so you 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 DJ, obviously. Right. Um, that's like your main hustle. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you've got like another business you're starting? Well, or Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the way that I make my, my coins are... Uh, <laughs> pounds and pence. In my pounds and pence. Uh, obviously, DJing... Um, there, there are a lot of other alleys that you can take to to make some money, though. Um, I actually just started a business with a, with a few friends called Rareform Sound, and uh, websites rareformsound.com, and all of our social networks are on there. You know, the Instagram, the Twitter, cool. the SoundCloud, um, and we are going to be. Uh, working with a couple of DJs that we already have uh, on our roster mm-hmm. and dealing with not only, um, you know, not only like not saying like directly managing them, but also dealing with the training of what it really takes to get to gigs and even hands on training for, for DJing. Um, also dealing in music programming, which is okay. a, a, a mu- I should say music curation. Right. Yeah. Yeah which I have found in the past 10 years has been a fantastic income source for me. Okay. Uh, setting up playlists for uh, companies, whether it be restaurants, hotels, mm-hmm. um, any type of uh, shopping venues. You hear music, someone had to put that music together. Yeah, yeah. Um, music for uh, movies, TV shows, whatever it may be, dinners, all that stuff has been uh, able to really keep my my head afloat okay. and f- further afloat than what people actually think about. Oh, okay. Um and then it, it's it, it's just also the the hustle of um I say like knowing equipment 
and yeah. then doing like installs and stuff like that. And so you basically being kind part of, of your craft. It's like anything that really has to do with music. I kind of soaked up and was able to put myself in a position where making money off of anything that I do with music was was with ease. So because DJing now, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people don't get this, but it's not just playing music anymore. Like now to be a DJ, you've got to kind of be a social media expert. Yeah. To a degree, a photographer, videographer, designer. Yeah. Um, everything else. Are you teaching I, those kind of things? No, I mean, well, I mean, yes. As, as far with Rareform Sound, yeah. We, okay. um, you know, we're telling our artists to the ways to really capture that. And listen, like if you, if you go to my personal Tim Martell stuff, it's not like I'm an all star. So like, please don't like look at me like, oh, why is this guy? I'm not. I'm not saying I'm an expert at all. Yeah. I'm just telling you the things that but work that for need, you though. That work for me. And, and this is why I say like right. I, I never claim to know. Like even with this podcast, I'm not saying this is going to change your right. life. But what I'm saying is this is what's worked for me. Right. Um, and you can take from it, and please, by all means, right. add it to right. and if adjust it, if, it to what works if, for you. If you take the one thing out of, out yeah. of this entire podcast and said, you know, it's don't go to the halal guys, right? Don't <laughs> go to halal guys. Then you know what? Then I helped you out, didn't I? Um, but if if you take that, you know, these are, are are the the things that that you need to be on top of. And I mean, on my personal, I I mean, I, I actually love Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Snapchat fan, sorry. Um, but like you know, Twitter. I, I was a late comer to Twitter, okay. but now I actually like Twitter more than than Facebook. I I've gone off Facebook completely. Yeah. I can't stand it. Facebook is kind of like I I pretty much have only. Uh, go on there because I do know that there are some family members of myself who aren't on Twitter or on Instagram so I just yeah. put, put stuff on there but more about Twitter and Instagram I think I'll, I would use the most but it's super super important um, the sad thing is though you want to do it the right way and complexion and i were talking before about how you know in this day of age of, of social media there's a lot of people who who pay to play, we should say. Yeah. And you know, pay for followers, pay pay for plays, um, and it's easily noticeable. Oh yeah, of course. And yeah. and a lot of the stuff, believe it or not, like I tend to not fuck with people like that. Mm. Like mm. I won't even give them time of attention because you're already showing your hand that you're not real to me. Cause it, so it, how am I a, how am I supposed to even talk to you if yeah. I know that you're not going to be upfront with me because obviously you're not upfront with yourself because they're taking the easy way which right. is and the thing is it's not even about that it's just that you're not upfront with yourself you're not being a yeah, true, because, you're, you're being a phony from the start yeah. and it's that's one of those things that kind of like how am I supposed to get because I I mean I feel that like I'm real with you yeah, yeah. so like I'm and I'm gonna be real with anyone that that comes to me I mean you only live once and I'm not here to to bullshit anything I'm gonna always be straight up with the people that that I talk to yeah and if we click awesome if not if you if you don't want to like me then that's that's totally your opinion that's, and i'm yeah. okay with that that's I'm not, one thing I'm i've not, learned recently. i'm not gonna go spill my milk yeah you know? because i i worried far too much what other people think right far too much you there's know there's always going to be critics if you want to oh, be a dj yeah. if you want to be anything in music get ready to get you know get some attention that's not going to be nice you're going to have stuff that's going to be you know, not uh, you know that are gonna be said. Uh, you know, stuff that's gonna be said about you that isn't gonna be great. See, that's what I was worried about when I did the border room. I thought, yeah, this is dope. But when it goes on YouTube, um, people are gonna be writing all kinds of nonsense. You know, like, yo, this music's dope, but I hate his hair or right. I hate his jacket or you know, like people have said that before. <laughs> Luckily, touch wood, everything's been cool so far. Like, right. no one said anything too bad, so it's okay. But um, but Why yeah, is he looking at the DJ screen? Yeah, 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 things like that. Um, but um, you let that song play for. 10 yeah, seconds too yeah, long yeah exactly it's just like alright cool man I'm doing it you're not so right. just you know you right. do it show me how to do it right. um, but yeah you got to have a thick skin though for sure because right. too many people like to pick apart little things and sometimes because they're jealous that they're you're, right. you know, you're doing something they want to do jealous ones envy fat yeah. Joe but the thing is for me is like I, I I'm not gonna lie I've been like that in the past I used to get jealous of other people but then I, I then just switched around one day like a light switch went off in my head where I was like okay I might be jealous but what are they doing different to me and how can I apply that to me so if this person he might be getting more gigs than me but what's he doing ah he's networking more so I need to take a leaf out of his book and I need to go network or he's practicing every day or he's getting the new music first or he's 
playing um right. you know he's he's doing the cr- the shitter gigs right just to kind of get the bigger gigs for him because i'm holding out for a big gig he'll go and do the smaller gigs that will lead on to the big gig right and i thought right what can i take from that and that's how i adjusted it rather than sitting there just being oh fuck this guy man he ain't good or whatever <laughs> you know and i used to, and i'm not i'm ashamed to say but that's how i was though i right. was like yo fuck every other dj yeah. you know they suck i'm the best but you've learned from that yes and this is why i want to try to tell other people now because the one thing i always get when i meet people especially um musicians and DJs they always say like how come the X guy is doing so much more than me I'm like okay so what are you doing and they're like oh we've put a track on SoundCloud or we've put a mix out okay what else are you doing you know and they're like oh well that's it I'm like well there you go then why don't you reach out to blogs or go to you know people connect with other people I know sometimes some of the bigger guys might not respond to you immediately but just be persistent and if not make them notice you I mean Steve Martin said isn't it be so good that they can't they, they have to notice you Right. Um, which is true. So, like, for example, is it someone like yourself? If you were DJing and you're competing against other hip hop DJs, you're going to do things like showing off your talents, which is like scratching or juggling, or whatever, make videos or just showcase that somewhere, which says, this is what Tim Martell can do. Other people can't do it as good as me. And then someone will notice. Someone will, right. I guess, pick up on that, won't they? And then be like, yeah, I mean, it, you, you can't get bottled down like with frustration or, or by those negative comments. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you have to have thick skin, you have to, you know, persevere through through all that stuff and and be prepped for it because it's going to happen. And that's, you know, like to go back to it, like that's one thing like where New York stands out in me is like cuz I brush it right off my shoulder. Right. And but I, I think I don't New Yorkers though. I don't I don't let it bother me. It's yeah. like I I mean, I'm up front and I'll be like, okay, cool. I mean, you don't, I mean, that's your opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's everyone's world, right? Like Bob Ross. Um, <laughs> it's your whole world. You could, you could paint a little That's going right? to go over so many people's heads. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but I, th- I, think, I think that's the best way to be. And I think that's definitely helped me going forward. I mean, I still do get a little bit kind of, uh, I wouldn't say worried, but sometimes people say things, I'm kind of like, oh man, like what they're saying or what's this comment about on my SoundCloud? And sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, it's this or that. But I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? For every person that says something negative or bad, um, there's so many people saying positive things. Right. And just focus on those guys. But then this is the other thing, right? So I was talking to this guy on Twitter the other day. He's, uh, I would say talking to him, I tweeted him. He's a hip hop producer called House Shoes. Have you heard of him or not? He does some dope stuff, but he was kind of saying... Uh, there's so many rappers out now that are tr- complete trash, but um, they think they're amazing. So I said to him, do you think it's the rapper's fault or do you think it's the rapper's friend's fault who are kind of saying to him, yo, you're sick, dude, keep going, keep going. Who's to blame more? Um, and he was Good like, point. yo, it's, it's, it's the goddamn friends. They should be like, yo, dude, this sucks. You know, don't do it kind of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, would you be more open to like some one of your friends? Energy, I like? am, listen, I am 100% honest with all my friends and I yeah. get that. I get that often. I when people tell me to listen to their track, yeah, I give my full, full, Good. honest opinion because I want the same thing when I present my track to you. Yeah, if if it's not there, you you got to be honest with me. Yeah, if it's dope, tell me it's dope and mean it. But there's there's a lot of things I will be one hundred percent honest with you and tell you, wow, this is I I'm sorry. I like I'll be like, yeah, it, it's just not my scene or yeah, like it might be cool, but uh, I mean I'm not. I'm not crazy over it, and mm-hmm. if it, there's something that I just don't like, I'll be 100. Like percent I don't know. like this one little yeah. thing here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I tend to do now as well with people send me music. Because um, a lot of the time, I just get people saying, "Yo, can you check this track out? Let me know what you think." Right. I'm like, yeah, but I don't sit around just listening to music all day. I have right. a life as well. Like, and what I don't like is when people say to me, um, uh, "Like, why can't you listen to it now?" I'm like, "What well, do you want me to listen to it through my iPhone?" or through my laptop speakers. Right. Like, if I made you, like, a gourmet three-course meal, I'm not going to say to you, go eat it in your car. Right. You know, I'm going to be like, yo, get the mood right, settle down, then do it. You know, like, check it out properly. Um, and then I'll give them my honest response. I, ch- I tend to do that because I don't want to offend people, but at the same time, if I don't like it, I don't like it. That's just me, though. I'm not the only person pushing this music or doing this thing. Someone else might like it more than me. It's just right. my opinion. If you if you value my opinion, you listen to what I say. I, I think you just kind of brought up another point too that's something that's very important. It's like you got to let stuff breathe. Mm. Um, you know, you, you got to let your communication breathe. You can't re- expect a response right away. You yeah. can't respect, you're not going to be able to expect the response that you want. Yeah. Um, you got to 
you know, give it a little bit of time. It may not be the first time that you go to the club and then you're expecting to get a gig. It may not be the first track that you send out that's going to get blogged. It may not be the first track that you make that gets signed by the record label. Yeah. Um, it might take two, three, four times. Who knows? It might be years before mm. you get you know some of some of those calls but you do have to stay persistent and and stay consistent another thing that i i guess one one of the biggest pieces of advice that was given to me especially for producer wise and i am guilty of this because i have a ton of skeletons at home that are not finished yeah and one of my friends actually told me that for production you should go into the with the mentality of thinking that you're going to make the best track that you've ever done in your entire life. And the next track that you make will be better than that one. Mm, yeah. So don't hold back those tracks that you know that are fantastic because I could say this from fully, fully being um, you know, confident in, in the DJ world that you will always get better as as, DJ, as you DJ more. Oh, completely, yeah. And it's going to be the same thing with production. So, you know, don't worry about that, you know, for holding on to that one track that you think is going to be that absolute banger for, for that day that you're going to get signed. Yeah. Put it out and you'll make another one that's going to well, be yeah. 10 times as, uh, yeah, as I, good. I, like. I always think just get put your music out there um, because why are you sitting on it doing nothing? Right. You know, like if even if it's a snippet, just put it out there, man. And, get, I mean, and as people, I say this, I got about 200 unfinished tracks at home. But some people will like it. Some people will hate it, won't they? Like right. They'll just be like, yeah, cool, you know. And then you never know. One person will be like, yo, this is amazing. Right. Let's work with this guy. Um, so cool. So Tim, so what else is next for you, man? Before we, we don't want to keep this going on too long because I know you've got to catch a flight in the morning yeah. and you're like really I'm on I'm on the tail end of this this European journey right now. Yeah, and like I know you've got no good iced coffee here either. So I, I know, know. You know I am so looking forward to, to getting a slice. And how are we gonna do as soon as you get back to and New York. It's the first thing I'm doing, I'm going I'm going I I will shout out New Park Pizza. I'm going in Queens, New York. Yeah. And I'm getting an iced coffee from Maybe from my refrigerator because I have a coffee machine in, in my house. That, so that's is a New Park Pizza. That's New Park Pizza is okay. a very known pizza place in in Queens. Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of places. Danny's is, is a very popular place too. Uh, what would I ask well, Action, New Park? Action Bronson goes okay, to Danny's but, sometimes. Uh, so what would I ask if I went to New Park? What would I say? Is, is, like, Actually, New New Park is one of those places where, um, not that it's frowned upon, yeah. but you you don't get. It's not like where there's toppings on it. They do have very limited. Yeah. You just want a regular round round <laughs> slice, like regular slice, or sometimes you just get a regular round pie. And, and what, what what is a re what's on a regular pie? They're just cheese and tomato. Just that, yeah, just, oh, just cheese, a bit of oregano cheese, or something, or oregano. Or it can be oregano. Just cheese sauce and bread, man. Oh, that's literally it. Yeah. So like, is that the whole thing it's not like big? crack? Is is that <laughs> not whole kind of? Topping things big over there. I mean, no, it, it is at certain places. Oh, okay. but but this is the type of place. This is classic. Yeah. Well, dude, in all fairness, that's my favorite pizza. Yeah. Like, but actually, tell you what, the best pizza I've ever had um, was in Marbella in Spain. Um, I had a it was a garlic mushroom and chicken pizza, and yo, dude, it was so good. Yeah, they, I mean, listen, there are places like that too. Like, I'm a big pepperoni fan. I just wouldn't get from from New Park. I, I'm, I mean, I also gotta be honest. I live two blocks, you know, three blocks away from New Park, and yeah. I live, you know, very close to JFK. So it's gonna be an easy. Yeah, you're gonna go straight there, yeah, and be like you're gonna grab a slice. Easy, yeah, yeah e easy peasy. And then, uh, and then when I get back, uh, this it'll be a lot of work this this week uh, in New York. Um, got about like four or five gigs. In, oh, nice. In uh, four days, and uh, and uh, you know we're between the rare forms stuff oh, yeah. popping off and other projects uh, that I work on with uh, you know with a uh, Esquire and oh, yeah, DJ Esquire. Fellis this is and another WDJ. DJ Nominon. Um, we're you know we're just staying uh, staying focused. Um, so are you back in the UK anytime soon? Or? Hopefully, hopefully. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I love it here. Um, I'm oh, we haven't hung out properly. That's the problem. Every I time know, we come man. Here, well, we've, we've always been doing something during the show. I, it's it's just one of those things. Well, I'm glad that we get to you know. I'd, I'd rather we, see you for a couple of hours than not at all. Obviously, you know. True. Yeah. True. You know, but we want to hang out though. There's a few I spots know. I want to take. You I to. think I think I'll have to come back. Um, I, I guess I'm gonna have to come back <laughs> sooner rather than later. I, I'm gonna say probably it'll probably be. Uh, Sometime in the summer here, maybe before October. That'd be cool, yeah. More. But I, I'm looking to come out to NY soon, man. So yeah, I'm, man, I'm going to stop off at um, New Park. 
when it landed JFK. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick you up at the airport with it. <laughs> this time they wait. Yeah. Just with me. <laughs> yeah. Or if not, then you know you go to JFK. I'll I'll run it over to you. Oh, like, yeah. If you're on your way out and you didn't get it, I'll I'll, bring, I'll drive it over to you. Um. So, you have it. so at the moment, um, where can people keep up to date with what you're doing? Um. Uh, sadly, I got I got to tell you, my my website. The the rare form website has had so much attention to it recently. Rareform.com. Yeah, uh, rareformsound.com. Rareformsound.com. Yeah. Um, that the Tim Martell.com has has kind of got pushed to the back burner, but I am uh, active on my Twitter, which is at DJ Tim Martell T I M uh, DJ T I M M A R T E L L, um, and it's Tim Martell on SoundCloud. It's at DJ Tim Martell on Instagram. Cool. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. Those are those are spots. Um, you know, I'm always putting uh, pretty little pictures on, on Instagram. <laughs> no, your photo game's kind of deep. I'm not gonna lie, it's, yeah, it's, it's good, man. Yeah, I like it. You, yeah, because you're one of those guys that rocks on a little lens on your iPhone, don't I you? I do. I do. I got. I got the, the fish I got eye. The fish eye yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not an app, people. And people ask me all the time, what app is that? It's not an app. It's See, a lens. What, you know what I did right? Because when I was getting kind of bored of not bored of music, when I got kind of tired of DJing, I went and picked up a camera. I've got a secondhand uh, Nikon. Yeah. And um, I just went out and took pictures because I thought I've got to be creative in a Love way. Love photography. Yeah, see, I've never, I'm, I'm not a photographer. I'm not, like, I'll never say I'm a photographer or nothing. I will never take on, like a few people have said, can you come take pictures? I'm like, no, not me, because that's not what I do. But I like to kind of have the extra control that a phone can't give. Right. You know, so I've started using that. And I, I, I really enjoy it, man. It's, it's cool. Sh- it's just been crazy, the access of, like, I mean, I have an iPhone that where the, the phone just ends up doing so much now. That yeah, no, it's true. But I mean, I, I like. The, I, I guess I kind of like not having to pull my phone out because that's what I tried to do. Now is like, I, like even like today when you messaged me earlier and I got back to you like an hour later because my phone was on silent or it was on airplane mode because right. I try not to let my phone dictate, dictate my life. Yep. You know, cause that's what we do, don't we? We always pick up our phones and we're checking tweets or responses yep. or whatever. You know. There you go, they, right yeah. From yeah. Yeah. And this is why I like to kind of switch over to my camera. And again, this is something me and Amir spoke about on podcast number four, which is just kind of like sometimes it's good to be a tourist in your own city. Yeah. And just kind of chill and kind of take it all in, you know, like, because there's so many great things that London and New York have. Put your phones down when you're with your friends. That's Don't the... be looking at your phones. Enjoy the time that you do right. have, have so together, you know? What we what we tend to do when we go out to dinner is um, me and my friends, we put our phones in the center That's of the table. That's awesome. And we line it all up. And whoever grabs their phone, they have to pay for the whole meal. That's what I'm talking about. You I'm know. stealing that. Because I... One of my friends did this, one of my really good friends. Um, every time we'd go out somewhere, he'd just be on his BlackBerry yeah. constantly. I'm like, well, dude, you might as well stay at home right. and I'll just talk to you on BlackBerry. Right. You know, and, and that was it. And I hated that, that so many people just sit there. Like, I've, I've seen, like, those, even my sister does it. Sometimes I see her and she'll be just there scrolling through Facebook, just like going through. I'm like, well, what are you looking for? I'm just scrolling. I'm like, but why? You know, like, look out the window, man. Like, this is the whole the whole thing with the show. Like, you know, one of the taglines for the show uh, uh, a while ago was just look up because you never know what you're going to miss if you look up at the sky sometimes. You know, people don't. People rather look at their phones than enjoy the stars or just something or another. And what I'm trying to make, the point before I go off on a tangent, the point I'm trying to make is whatever you do, how creative it is or how you look at screens, just do something else and enjoy things, man. Like, we have a tendency to really focus on technology or just focus in our little lane, just kind of be, have tunnel vision. You know, and like to do a routine. And I'm saying like what I tend to do now as well is once a week I'll hit a museum or I'll go to a convention or like a festival or something and just do something away from technology and just take some pictures or sometimes even leave the camera at home. Like, you know, not take anything with me. Just have my phone, obviously, for emergencies, but have it in my bag. It's okay um, to open the windows sometimes. People. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that's really important. I find like a lot of the people I speak to that do this kind of stuff for a living, uh, they forget to enjoy time with their friends and just kind of connect um, because it's important, man. Because I've started meditating recently. I've started. Look at this, man, coming through. <laughs> trying to get me to meditate, but no green tea. <laughs> what I mean, like, no, because I, I found this app a little while ago, and uh, I forget the, game, the guy's name. It's Andy something. Um, Andy Puddycomb, which is a very English name, <laughs> and he talks about kind of uh, breaking your uh, meditation into ten-minute segments a day. So you meditate for 10 minutes. But it helps so much, man, like just to switch off because sometimes when I put my phone aside and I'll just listen to him kind of just talk through the meditation process, it helps so much. I know you're looking at me like, yo, this guy's crazy. No, no, no. Listen, I'm... I'm, I'm 
I'm into that type of stuff too. I mean, I did I did used to dabble in meditation when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, I, I I can't believe how much it has helped me. Like on a serious note, man. Like just switching off from things and like kind of zoning out for ten minutes. It really helps my focus. Um, and what I've got back to doing is I used to have a rule when I first met Yaz. I had a rule. I was like, if you can do something in five minutes, do it now. Don't put it off. Right. And I went off it. I got comfortable and I forgot that. Then now, wherever it's something small, like yo, I've got to vacuum my room or I've got to feed my cats or something. Someone will be like, oh, I'll do it in an hour. I'm like, no, let me get that done now and let it get finished. And so now I can concentrate on something else I want to do, which is the most important thing, you know. Words of wisdom from complexion. So, so what we're going to say before we, I let you go is the only reason I said all that kind of stuff is do you have any things like that yourself that you do? Apart from grabbing a pizza from New Park, obviously. But do you have the, because that's the one thing I wanted to talk about is every person I've met, they always have a different routine, like whether it's before a gig to get hype or get excited or whether it's to chill out and cool down and relax. Like, do you have a routine or do you have a um, system? I mean, yes and no. Like, as far as like DJing wise, whenever I am. Uh, I don't get nervous when I'm DJing. I actually, sometimes I do get nerves when I'm like driving to like a gig or something like that, Yeah, which yeah. is weird. I never, ever, ever listen to music that I'm going to play. So say if I'm doing a house gig, I'm exactly the same. I never listen to house music on the way to the gig. I'm exactly the same. I'll yeah. listen to like my random 80s or rock or, or some hip hop. Your 80s then, game is tight. Like, yeah, me yeah. and Esquire have our, our rarities uh, collaboration. And what I love, we're... it's rare eighties, right? Isn't it? That's rare eighties, so rarity dope. at at rarities, or yeah, at rarities eighties. Yeah, that's uh, dope. For Twitter, and we have uh, all like B side eighties uh, stuff, which has kind of been that's been kind of that, that thing's blown up in the year <laughs> more in the past year than my entire SoundCloud career. <laughs> Our SoundCloud on that has got more followers than than my own personal account. <laughs> but hey, it's 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 in, it's in and the Twitter. Yeah, it's but it's it's in it's, it's in uh, it's in fashion now, man. You got rock that. Yeah. So I, you, I yeah I don't listen to any, so yeah if you're gonna play something you want to yeah, listen to that music. Yeah, I never I never do that. Um, and I I mean other than that I I, I try to uh, I try not to play the same sets ever. I know a lot of people. Uh, in certain places like Vegas is very popular that, you know, people have routines. Yeah, yeah. I do not do that. Every time you're going to hear me play it's live, it is fresh. off the top. I group my music, yes. But you got to remember, you know, if you're playing at a, at a venue and you're a resident, you know, the people that work there, the security, the, yeah, the waitresses, the yeah. managers, the bartenders, they if they can tell what song is coming next from you being there, guess what? You're, you're not going to have a job too much longer because they relay those types of messages. You need to keep it fresh all the time. Couldn't so any time I tried to not play certain songs, um, you know, like maybe like once in like once in a, in a month. There are certain staples if it's a, if the song is hot that I will play, but. Don't try to play the same songs in the same Dude, order. But, see, what day. I do is um, sometimes I'll set myself a challenge at the start of the night, like no Rick Ross tonight or like nothing from Chris Brown. Or like I'll say like, so at the moment, um, some of the big songs obviously are the DJ Mustard kind of things. Mm -hmm. So I'll prolong them throughout the night as long as I can. So sometimes I won't play that stuff until like 2.30 and the night closes at 3. So I'll play everything else to get people hype just to kind of be like, this is different because anyone can do a, a, a half an hour, 45 minute DJ Mustard set you know, and rock the party. Right. But for me, I'm like, okay, what can I do different? So this is what right. I try to do. Is I'll be like, let me just say, okay, no Neptunes today. Sounding different. It's yeah, important. And that makes me sound different. Keep it fresh. Keep it, keep it, keep it, uh, you know, keep it unique. Yeah. So uh, you said before, is there anything else that you do? Like, like, what about to chill out? Like when you come back from a gig, like what else do you? Um, ch chilling out wise, like. Because you, um, you New Yorkers just work all the time. Like you're constantly yeah. on that. Yeah, I uh, I don't watch TV too much. The only thing on, Game, yeah, Game, Game of Thrones is the only thing, but it's not like it's not like you know the the soap opera type of shows. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm more of like you know Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, but I'm a, I'm a bigger movie guy than anything else. I'll tend to watch movies, um, you know, listen listen to other music when I get home. Um, I'm a foodie, so oh yeah, of course, That's, it's yeah. like it's like one of those things. But I, I will pretty much just. When, when I get home from a gig, it is very popular that I will, within five minutes, go right into bed and be out cold. Oh, you're lucky, man. Because for me, it's like when I get back from a gig, I organize the show, do the artwork. Yeah, I um, cannot. All I, that kind of stuff. That will happen the next morning. See, right now, I'm on LA time. 
at the moment the way I'm operating I, like, I don't sleep until like 7, 8 in the morning yeah, and so. I'm up by like 12, 1 <laughs> and it, it's it's horrible man but I have so much stuff to do sometimes but then I guess it's my fault for not organising it properly right um, so, well, okay. no, 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 you shouldn't say that I mean, oh, yeah. people on different type schedules true, very true um, so Tim is there anything else you want to mention before I let you go back to your hotel make sure uh, you guys stay on uh, this dude complexion's ass and make sure uh. he doesn't take a break or anything <laughs> like that he's got good things popping you know tell him that we need to have some effing great. This is the Green Tea Podcast. There was no green well, tea. No, it's, the tea so... it's the Tea Party Podcast. Oh, I thought it was the Green Tea. Oh, no, sorry. Tea Party I, Podcast. I just had, I had the Green Tea. It's the no, Tea Party, my bad. You know, normally tea we party. do, but remember, this was an impromptu podcast. We right. weren't going to do this. Right. This was out of nowhere. Here. Yeah, I thought you were here. Why not? Right. The mayor's going to be pissed, by the way. Why? Because he wasn't here. Yeah, because he wasn't here. Oh man! All right, I'm gonna have to come back. I'm gonna come back. We we'll do it, and then you and Amir can talk about your New York yeah. Giants stuff. All That's you what want I'm talking about. Um, September, you know, September, when new season starts. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Amir Music. So Tim, <laughs> listen, thank you very much for coming by oh, and talking podcast, me, man. man. Um, so DJ Tim Martell on Instagram. Yeah. And Tim Martell on Twitter? No, DJ Tim Martell on Twitter. It's only okay. Tim Martell on Twitter. Oh, and, okay, and that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, so you come back to UK soon. In the meantime, you're playing in and around NYC. Yeah, just uh, just finished a couple European gigs, and I'll be in uh, New York uh, New York for like the next like month and a half, and then i got some uh, traveling to do in August, some festival stuff. Oh, and, dope. Uh, and then, uh, and then it'll be money season in September. September, December is big time in New York. Oh, is that, is that, is that when Huge. it Huge. That's why I need to come over to New York then, I think. That, that's the money time. I think it's the money. But, Tim, thank you much for uh, jumping on the podcast, man. And I hope if you guys listen. I know it's a bit random, um, but I just wanted to talk to Tim because I think he's a swell dude. Is the only way I can describe him. Super swell. And, um, you know, I, w- I hope you guys are fans. Now, like I said earlier, I definitely want Tim to get involved with the podcast. He's going to be speaking to some of the New York DJs because, um, obviously, I love DJing. So I want to make it a bit of a focus on the podcast. The regular podcast will continue. Me and MA Music will be talking about our things. We've got some great guests lined up for you. Um, but we just want to grow the tea party podcast this is a bonus yeah, bonus part yeah, podcast exactly i thought look my homeboy's here from new york he's here for like is one this night. number five no this is going to be like this is well okay so what me and amir started doing recently we've just started doing tea break right. so like amir spent 10 minutes talking to one guy about like a question he asked him on twitter right. this so, is a pretty long tea break. well this is a lo- yeah this is a long tea break yeah this is a long one but this is like an international tea break you know it's like across <laughs> the sea so this is what it is but no this is going to be like my version of the tea break super bowl where, halftime show <laughs> yeah because what i thought amir he talks to people about the studio recording process and right. things like that and i thought i could talk to djs right. about things that we like because not everyone will check this podcast i know our dj friends will and i'm hoping they can learn something from it because right. you know and, and that's the thing right you and, know and be be on the lookout for maybe that that coffee podcast well th- we're going to make this happen we'll talk when you get back to new york let's make this happen you know line up some guys and let's do it and i think it could be awesome man yeah. like so everyone listens in you're going to check out Tim and make sure he gets this Coffee Break podcast. Let's go. Popping. Coffee Break. Cool. Coffee so, Break time. So, Tim, thank you very much, my man. Thank and, you, And uh, hopefully see you again soon. All right. Peace. Peace.